0: run party repeat welcome to the east coast adventures dirt and vert podcast where we talk all things running racing and training to help you get ready for your next big adventures learn from our successes and our failures and have fun at the same
1: time join us right here every week with inspiring guests who share their captivating tales from the trails and remember nobody cares
0: run faster All right. Welcome back. We're East Coast Adventures with the Dirt and Burt Podcast. I'm David. And I'm Matt. And I'm Mike. And we have a special guest today with us, Michael Ulig, who came out to Gone Loco this past weekend, one of East Coast Adventures races, and just broke the course record. I mean, when I say broke, he he shaved about an hour of the time off, roughly. Um, Just completely blew it out of the water. So, Mike, with that being said... Tell us a little bit about who you are and how you got into running.
2: I'm I'm Mike. I grew grew up in New Orleans, so I started sports with football, a lot of football, a little basketball. So I actually played running back um, and some uh, defensive line. So I was always, always interested in chasing the quarterback, things like that. So just working on that speed at an early age. Uh, then I moved to Kentucky after Hurricane Katrina and joined the cross-country team my freshman year of high school. So from there, I ran for four years of cross-country and three years of track. Um, I didn't varsity because my team was pretty good. Uh, I ran in the mid-17s and the 5K still didn't varsity. And from there, I joined the military. I uh, kept running. Uh, I did a lot of crossfit and run with like a a vest on things like that Mm. Uh, we had competitions and whatnot so I went to Iraq and then I did a lot of running in the mountain uh, in Afghanistan Uh, and then from there I got kind of out of shape after I got out the military and I started reading books by like uh Jurek and uh Dean, the guy that did the fifty for fifty, the fifty
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh marathons. You. And he actually did the Kentucky one right uh about ten minutes away from my house at Otter Creek. I run there all the time. So I got pretty interested in just dis- distance running from there. Just I like traveling. I like going to different landscapes, things like that. And This was a kind of a low-intensity sport to where I thought it would keep me healthy, and I started doing that in about 2019. And then from there, I just kept at it and really enjoyed it, really enjoyed traveling, going to different trails, systems, things like that.
0: You said all kinds of things in there that intrigued me. (laughs) Um, So first off, did you move because of Hurricane Katrina?
2: uh yes yeah uh, i still have a bunch of family that still lives in Louisiana uh down there towards the West Bank. Mm-hmm. but yeah, my family moved. My mom is from that area, so uh we moved to Kentucky where my dad's side of side of the family is from
0: oh and you so you moved straight from New Orleans to Kentucky, and you've been there ever since
2: uh well, I went to um to the military and then I got out, started going to college at u of l uh and been in Kentucky generally since.
0: And you ran a seventeen minute five k, and you weren't on the varsity team, so how fast were the guys on your team?
2: It was about mid seventeens but uh <laughs> they were they were pretty quick, yeah, I was always like the eighth man, so always like uh always the bride's bit never the bride, I guess <laughs> you would say
1: <laughs> you could have came down to Sequoia, and you would have like been like all county
0: yeah <laughs> you just didn't know that long distance was gonna be your thing.
2: Yeah, and I always enjoyed the long runs in high school.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, my other question is, what in the world is it like running in the mountains in
3: Afghanistan?
2: <laughs> uh, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, I wish there was more elevation in this part of Kentucky, but it's, it's pretty fun. I did a lot of kit uh, kit runs with like a, a tactical vest on. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Are you not a little scared out there running in the woods?
2: Uh, <laughs> no. It was, a, it was just so we had a small cob, but we had maybe like 15 people there at most, and uh, I would run around there.
1: So what what made you want to join the military?
2: Uh, so I wasn't fast enough to go to college uh, and run, but uh, I had nothing that nothing planned that uh, I wanted to do with my life and. I knew I wanted to get out of Kentucky and travel, and that was a easy way to get paid and get free college. Thereafter, and travel the world, see different cultures, things like that.
4: Do you feel like in since you were from New Orleans, would would stay in there had Katrina not happy happened, uh, would that have made you closer to varsity and stuff like that in your area, or? Ha-
2: uh, from there, I probably would have stayed with basketball, to be honest. I may not have really? ever went with uh, cross-country. Okay. <laughs> but I I was pretty small at, at a young age, uh, like middle school and stuff. But I, I, was, I was a feisty little fellow, I guess.
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, That's what I was telling the guys before we started and everything. I was like, man, he, he he looks built. You know, I mean, you've got some build to you. And I was curious about, you know, we'll get to it, you know, how many days you're, you uh, strength train, et cetera,
0: and so forth. So Sounds good. in school, you did cross country and you had never ran before then. So correct. Like, so high school is cross country. Then you start, you, you're running and training in the military. How many years did you spend in the military?
2: Uh, about five and a half. So just one contract. I went in okay. uh, with an airborne Ranger contract.
0: So did you come back and just jump into a race or how did, how did this evolve into where you're at now?
2: Uh, like I said, I got out of shape a little bit and when I got out the military, so I started just, I was like reading books and listening to audiobooks and stuff like that, and uh, I went from like maybe running 10 miles a week uh, to jumping in and started doing like 30, 40 miles a week on the trails, and I was way out of shape, but uh, it was nice to see that slow, very, very slow progression just get into uh ultra running
3: Mm -hmm.
0: so was there someone that inspired you to run or was it just strictly from the books or was there someone around you that was like running and trying to push you
2: um so i knew of of will store running souls and i run with them a lot now but actually it was mostly just the books and then because i i don't know i i was just nervous i guess like I'm too slow to run with these people, uh, (laughs) too out of shape. And, uh, so mostly I spent like a good year and a half, mostly just running by myself on the trails and stuff.
0: Well, you know, I mean, and and that's the thing like for everybody is you have to start somewhere, Mm -hmm. you know, you're always, when you start out, you're not going to be the fastest, you probably are going to be the slowest. And I mean, dang, man, look at you now. I mean, you, you come out to gone loco and you just destroyed the course. Now we'll get to that a little later. Cause I think this story is a little funny too, how, you know, you're, you're trying to race, uh, a certain individual. We won't get into that yet, but, um, but I think it's really cool. Like the trajectory that you came, you know, like with hurricane Katrina, you probably would never have ran mm-hmm. then out of the military you know, I'm sure running was the last thing on your mind. You've done plenty of that there. So, you know, you let yourself go, but you got inspired, you started back. And I mean, now, now you're like, I'm just looking at your sign up and like, you've done 10 races and you have nine trophies. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Uh, but with that being said, when like, was there, was there a progression? Did you, sign up for some smaller races because all we see is your ultra sign up like did you jump into some five k's and half marathon like how did you get back into a long distance
2: uh so after a while like i said i started running with the group uh running souls wherever all those guys fantastic people um and they put on a little thing called uh, a fat ass 50k that goes near my house, so from Elizabethtown, Kentucky, it has north, goes right past my house, so it worked out perfectly. Um, I started looking into that, it's all on the roads, uh, point to point, but uh, from there, I kind of, I, I was supposed to do it with my dad, and he, he uh, backed out last minute, which is fine, um, but I ran that, and uh, I think I ran it in... So it took me a while to start getting in shape, but I think I ran that in about three fifty four or something.
0: Like three hours fifty four. <laughs>
2: yeah, and that was I think right. in twenty twenty.
0: And you were kind of out of shape.
2: Just kind of, it's kind oh, of hard. This is after about a couple of years of getting really yeah, into running.
4: Well, he said he was afraid to run with everybody else because he thought <laughs> they'd be faster. You know, but he's just
0: <laughs> well, and and I'll say, Will is was, is an awesome guy. I met him at Kentucky last soul standing when I ran it, spent some time in his store. There's a cool pizza shop right beside it. I think I ate there too, but Will's an awesome guy. Um, so, I mean, you're running with a really good group and I mean, Will's ran some pretty big races, you know, I mean, at some point we'll have to get him on here too, but, uh, Will's, Will's a great person to be running with. And I'm sure he gives you a lot of advice as well, especially things not to do.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. And and if you're new in the ultra running, the best thing you t- you can do to learn what not to do is volunteer for a race.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that is great advice, Mark. That yeah. is great advice. Yeah. Did you do that?
2: Yes, yes. It's a good a <laughs> uh, good way to learn what to do and what not to do. Uh,
4: yeah, totally. You can stand over at the aid station and watch them die and be like, hmm. they were make a note about that.
0: One. Yeah, no. now, now, what yes. race did you volunteer at?
2: Uh, I volunteered at a few local trail races. Um, I spent some time at the one at Auto Creek. That's right down, down the, uh, about ten minutes from my house. Nice.
0: Well, let's uh, so let's jump in here to your your very first big race. So I assume this was your first big one. It's it's at least the first one I see on Ultra Sign Up, but it's in twenty twenty. So you decided to run the year of COVID. Uh, yes, the Falls one hundred looks like you did the fifty miler. Yes, and you finished it in ten hours. you were third overall and second place male um tell us tell us how that went, and also did you learn anything in this race? Did something go wrong
2: uh so it was a it was a very very uh more technical than I'm used to in terms of footing uh probably about hundred and seventy five feet of game per mile um and the thing that made it rough was after you get a few hundred runners running on this so it was in december i think uh
3: yes and
2: the uh all the trail was frosted over and frozen and then when when it started to uh get warm all the hills just became completely unrunnable just it, it would you would walk up it and then just slide back down so i definitely learned about you know shoe lugs and things like that um, in terms of racing it, I really didn't race it, I guess, but, uh, I definitely started off way too hot for that hilly of a course that I was not used to, but, uh, certainly learned a lot about, you know, man- managing pacing, things like that. Fueling worked out pretty well. Um, I've always had a, well, I've usually had success with, uh, fueling during ultras and things like that.
0: It, was that a learning curve for you or have you just kind of been blessed with a, with a still iron stomach?
2: So my issue with, I guess, racing, especially like peak races, is uh, I have an issue with tapering. I get sick a lot if I taper, so sometimes I get stomach issues just from tapering. Oh, wow. Uh, but if I don't have any stomach issues going into a race, I, I can do pretty well in terms of uh, fueling. I have no issues at all.
3: Oh, that's hmm. great. Right.
0: Do you First. try to stick mostly with solid foods, or do you, are you more of a gel person?
2: So, probably like uh, for fifty miles and under, I I like uh, probably getting about sixty percent of my calories through uh, liquids, and then I actually like those little running jelly beans,
3: mm-hmm. which it's, yep. it's
2: probably the same components that you have in gel, just a different uh, formation. But yeah. I like I like those quite a bit it's it's
0: funny to listen to how everybody eats something just slightly different it's all the same kind of fuel you know but like we have one gentleman on here he he, eats nothing but sour patch kids yeah (laughs) you know it's just cool you're you're a jelly bean guy i love it yeah are they like Uh, the beans is that what you're eating
2: yes yes some of them have caffeine but i actually (laughs) eat like really healthy when i'm not in a race so when i'm in a race i'm i'm Good with throw, throwing Reese's in and things like that. All those simple sugars.
0: <laughs> hey, that's where it's at, and that's why you're running. You need that stuff. Yes. you awesome. Yes. Feel Absolutely. that surge. You know, you know when the Reese cup is wearing off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh,
0: well, I mean, you, you did great on that one. I mean, like, even though you said you didn't race it, you still finished third overall. I mean, that's impressive. And was that like your very first? true long distance race,
2: yes, uh, especially like a trail race, uh just totally different beast than what I was used to uh the technicality, the footing things like that was not was not used to that at all, so
0: i'm I'm gonna step back just a second. Have you ever ran a half marathon or a marathon?
2: uh not like hard, I mean, I ran a a marathon on Sunday.
3: <laughs> yeah that's true
2: <laughs> like i haven't ran specifically that distance to where i was actually yeah. racing and trying to get yeah, a certain you, time or anything
0: okay so you've never raced a like a road marathon or a road half marathon
2: no i i've ran um i've ran like the bowling Green marathon as kind of a long run a training run but it wasn't like i was racing it
0: yeah i well, know a lot of people do that that's mm-hmm. i mean it's good to do a long run like that where you're around people, you know, at least yeah, makes the time go by. Absolutely. So it looks like then you, you do two back-to-back races. So that was 2020, you do another race in 2021 and another race in 2022. And they're the exact same race, just different distances. So, and we had a gentleman on here a few months ago, mm-hmm. Andrew Nelson. Yes, um,
2: I know Andrew. He's okay. a very, very he, nice he's, guy. He's,
0: he talked about this race as well. Yeah, you probably saw Andrew Sunday. He was at Gone yes. yes, I did. Mean, uh,
2: I think he got second place. He did very well. And, uh, Andrew did yep.
0: He was the one I asked, I was like where the tree fell. Could you fit under it? He said, I didn't even have to duck. I said, If you <laughs> made it, everybody else did. I'm not worried about it.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um but Crooked Creek. So you did Crooked Creek ultra trail race. You've done the 100 miler and the 50 miler. So the first time you did it, you did the 100 miler. You ran it in 31 hours and you were eighth overall. You come back the next year and you run the 50 miler in nine hours and you're first place overall. So did you have different strategies, obviously, between the 50 and the 100? Did you learn anything in the 100 that helped you with the 50? Because that's. I mean, that's an impressive time to – you're 30 hours for a 100-miler, and you come back and do a 50-miler non-hours. So, just curious.
3: So,
2: when I did the – so, the guys that did the Rough River race, the uh, Falls of Rough, they actually moved to Cricket Creek. So, they're the same guys that put on each race. It's just now uh, a different location and a different name. Um, But, yeah, it was about the same elevation gain as uh falls of rough where did the 50 miler in 2020 took off way too hot for that hilly of a course and that long of a distance that i was not used to um so i started for that race it, there was some rocky portions to where you really had to almost overstride to uh to actually run or else you'll be walking and uh almost uh, break your ankles on that it, The footing was just terrible. But, uh, after about 70 miles of kind of, it was probably about a quarter mile area where you had to go for those rocks each loop because it's a, it's about 12.7 miles per loop and we had to do it eight times. Um, so doing that and after about 70 miles, uh, I started having some serious hip flexor issues. Uh, so it was a struggle fast for those light, light, that last like 50k. So that, uh, learned a lot about that. And, uh, I learned a lot about, um, using like a, a headlamp. I now, when I do night runs, I find it best to use a headlamp and a belly light because Mm -hmm. I get really like after like four hours, I get bad tunnel vision. Like you'll know this if you ran at night, uh, for several hours, you'll turn off your light and you still see that circle there in your face and it just, you have a horrible headache. So. I feel like having both lights from two different locations. You get a more three-dimensional view of uh, all the rocks and stuff. You're less likely to trip over it. So that was a very valuable uh, learning experience. I, I would say.
0: Yeah, that would definitely help on technical terrain. That would
1: have helped you at Georgia Jewel.
0: Oh man, it don't matter. I would still fall at Georgia Jewel. I fall at that race every time I run it. So I don't. I don't think light is going to help me. off all during the day. So well, that's true. so so you said you had a struggle fest for about the last 50k right so how did you manage that what did you what did you have to do or how would you have to tell yourself were you walking or were you still trying to run
2: uh so i actually finished the first about 100k before i started having those issues at about the 70 mile mark i was probably i was right there with the first place um and uh I probably ran the first 100k in about 12 and a half 13 and a half hours around there so mm, you can tell that last like 40 miles uh it took me about 18 hours roughly so mm. i was really moving pretty slow mm-hmm. uh, so it was a lot of walking
0: yeah but but the thing that I see about that is that you didn't just quit. Yeah. You know, like you didn't throw in the towel, you gridded that out. And just with doing that, you probably learned all kinds of things about yourself. Probably learned how much tougher you are than what you thought. And you probably experienced even more pain because you're walking for 30, 40 miles. So I'm sure your feet were not in the best shape at that point. So.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, uh, absolutely. I think, uh, with this specific, like, like endurance sports, you, you learn a lot of, like, you're not going to learn a lot about yourself doing 10 and a half seconds on a hundred meter sprint. But Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. when, whenever you have these long distance swim bikes or runs or or cross country skiing, you, you certainly learn a lot about yourself. And I have a lot of respect for those, for the slower runners. Uh, I mean the amount of time that they're on their feet, it's just so much respect for them
3: Mm hmm yeah
0: it's 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 quite impressive to see especially someone doing their very first event like we had several of those at gone loco and uh, there was a lady i mean she had lost a ton of weight like Mm. she had been three over 300 pounds Mm -hmm. and i mean she was out there gritting it out and she did amazing and it's just like you said i mean they're out there on their feet for a while and you know they're going through the same pains worse pains than you are at this point because at least you're running, you know, and that's something that you've trained for and gotten used to when you like you, you know, you've experienced this when you walk for 30 or 40 miles, that's a whole different set of muscles. I mean, your, your feet are landing different. You're, they're not used to that and it just causes all kinds of other issues. And And we learned that at ball state this yes, we past year that that was a whole nother story to learn about. But if you don't train that way, I mean, you're, you're kind of in the unknown, but it man does it make you grow as a person and as a runner
2: absolutely and it just i mean with that the mental aspect you feel you feel like you're just not moving at all um there's a uh a guy called uh matthew long that i really like he he uh, wrote a book called the long run he was actually a firefighter during 9-11 and uh he got ran over by a bus in 2004 during the bus protest um and they they gave him a less than 1% chance to live uh and he was a big ironman guy well i think uh, probably about 5 or 6 years later he actually finished an ironman you get a 17 hour cutoff, and he finished it in i think 165843 oh, something wow. like that so he actually had a world class uh female uh run the marathon with him and she said that just how slow That was, that was the hardest marathon she ever did. Oh, wow. It was about seven hours just for the marathon. Mm
0: -hmm. How amazing though, to come back from that. That's yeah, that's amazing. I've seen that book. I've never listened to it. I'm gonna have to listen to it now. I'm a big audio. Pretty
2: good. So yeah.
0: Um, all right. So did you, did you experience any like blisters or anything like that, that you had to deal with in this, in this long distance race?
3: Absolutely.
2: <laughs> I wasn't used to, uh, well now I use toe socks and uh, I throw on some, uh, like glide and paste or whatever. Uh, uh but that I certainly learned how to take care of your feet a lot better. Uh, so certainly deal dealt with some blisters that pop and whatnot after a while. Cause with those technical trails, you know, you might be leaning on one side of your foot. And that, that's putting a lot of friction on that side. And you might be going to the other side there thereafter, just so much friction all over your foot on those yeah. technical trails.
0: Yeah. When I, when I did my first hundred, I would have swore that my feet were both bleeding, but it was just pop, you know, blisters popping, you know, like your first one, you're like, you've got all this stuff going through your head. You're like, I'll never walk again in my yeah, life. I don't
4: know what's <laughs> wrong at that point. You think everything's <laughs> broken. So,
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, So, you know, I mean, and some of this stuff is just learning as you go, like learning how to use, you know, whether it's, you know, squirrel's nut butter or salty britches or whatever it is you use, you know, I mean, learning what you, what you need to do and where you need to put it, you know, it's your feet game is, is very serious, you know, along with other sections of your body that need the proper lubricant. So, you know, I mean, that's something that we all learn and different for everybody. Uh, let's move into another race though. And and this one's familiar with us. Uh, my daughter actually even ran the 25 K a long time ago. And this is, and we we know this race director, John Harden, um, music city trail ultra 50 K. So tell us, tell us about this one. So you finished in five hours. This is not an easy course either. I mean, it's, it's got some elevation. If I remember right, the power line climbs pretty, uh, pretty big but you finished second overall um which is that's a strong time on this course how did how did that day go you're obviously coming off the crooked creek races um in december and then this race is in march so you've got some fresh legs you're healed up and i'm sure you've learned a lot of lessons so how did that one go
2: so after that crooked creek uh race the 50 miler where I finished first, I kind of got in the mindset of, hey, this is this is quite fun to do this competitively. You know, it's kind of an outlet that I'm not used to. It was, it was very fun mentally, um, and I actually won that uh, Cricket Creek 50 miler by I think about 17 seconds. Oh wow! Hey, so you
0: had to sprint at the end?
2: Like right. no, uh, so it, so. Like I said, it's eight laps for the 100-miler that I did the year before, and it was four laps for the 50. Um, And after each lap, right before you hit the finish line, you exit the trail and enter a sidewalk. That's about three-quarters of a mile because I timed it after the first few laps. Uh, I'll check my GPS. And uh, we all start at about the same time on that race. So there's a marathon, a 50-miler, and a 100-miler, and a half marathon as well. So you don't know who's doing which distance, which sucks, uh, but I'm looking at my watch on that last loop when I exit the woods, and I'm like, if someone's hauling butt, I know they're about to finish a 50-miler, and they're in my race. So I, I saw this guy in bright uh, orange shorts, and I was like, it, it, he's moving too fast to be doing the 100. All the marathon guys that are moving at anywhere close to that base are already finished. So I saw that I was 12 seconds ahead of him, and I knew that if I – so 12 seconds for three-quarters of a mile, that's 16 seconds per mile for that last distance. So I knew that if I can hold this at marathon pace, I won't flop uh and, like, <laughs> die off, but I think I can keep him at bay. So I ended up – uh I, I was 12 seconds ahead of him at that point. I ended up winning by 17 seconds which just – super close for that long of a race. Yeah, Absolutely.
0: Man. That normally don't happen in longer races like that.
2: Yeah. But from that point, so that was about three months before the Music City Ultra. Um, from that point, I, was, I started getting into the competitive aspect mentally. Um, so I saw like David Goggins and people like that did the Music City Trail Ultra. And uh, I didn't use it as a peak race. So I wasn't in best shape uh but i still used as a very very like a race but a very hard effort but uh my peak race for that training block was actually about a month and a half later and a very talented guy um sam harvey was there uh from new zealand so if you saw the backyard ultra and that happened in australia where mm-hmm. harvey lewis uh went like 97 hours yeah, the guy, the other guy named Sam. Um, they went by at 100 uh, hours and 101 hours. Uh, the guy that got second, that went 400 miles, was the guy that I raced against in Nashville. He just happened to be there because his sister was getting married. Uh, so, yeah, he like kicked butt at that race. And it was cool to talk to him and get some uh, get some data, some information from him. Take his mind. We we hung out for a couple hours, and that was a very, very hard.
3: Day.
0: that's Mm. awesome that's pretty cool i mean well so did you i mean you ran it in five hours and that's got some pretty serious elevation to it the power lines is almost impossible to really run you're trying but it's uh there's no way you're going to run up that for the whole time
3: yeah (laughs) it's pretty uh uh, it
2: it kicks off with like a half mile flat and then just goes right up like 350 feet of incline Right away.
0: Yeah. My, my daughter was real mad at me when she signed up for that. Cause I told her, I was like, I, I don't really know. I've never ran this one. I said, I know John puts on a great race. We signed her up for 25 K and about an hour in, she just looked at me. She's like, you <laughs> tell me it was like this. I'm like, well, you're almost done now. You're halfway there. So uh, I'd say
2: that 50 K like per mile, the 50 K is actually easier. Cause you get about five, six miles of, uh a fire roads at the end on the 50 K that you don't get for the 25 K.
0: Oh, really? I've never, yes. Yeah. Yeah, never ran the 50 K. That's, cool. we should, we should go out and do that one one day, guys. You know, if we but, need to go. I've right. never done a Harden race. We need to go run that.
2: I need to go do one.
0: Well, John Harden's a great, I mean, did you get to talk to John? He's a great guy. He's a great race director too.
2: Yeah. the Super, super fun atmosphere, culture that they put on and, so with that being a lot of private land, it doesn't get run on much. So that dirt's right. super soft, but I just love the atmosphere that they put on. It's just so fun. Yep, I'm, I'm gonna there. do it again uh, this year as well.
3: Oh,
0: nice! You got a goal? Uh,
2: I would actually like to break. Uh, uh, I'd like to break Goggins' time on that, which is four and a half hours.
0: Has he got the course record?
2: No, uh, I think he's around five. I think the course record's like in the low 14s, like 412 or something.
0: Oh, wow. I'm about to look. we got to look this up.
2: Sure, I coached cross country. and
0: Of course, Bob Adams is Bob second. Adams. He's Bob one minute Adams. behind. Bob's who we just had on here last week. Bob has course records all over this world. Bob, but- be sitting there like, yep, that's uh-huh. me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> go, go right ahead, Mark. <laughs>
2: Well, I, I coach uh, cross country at my local or at the local school. And, uh, all the guys are like, oh, David Goggins. So I always give them crap. So it'd be nice to do oh, yeah. uh, Goggins time just to <laughs> throw it in their face, I guess.
3: Then you can
0: carry a log over there to them and just drop
2: I think <laughs>
3: everybody.
0: We
4: uh, have on here is a cross country coach of some extent, <laughs> yeah.
3: learn
2: this, yeah. what, what age group? Uh, it's high school.
3: Oh wow! Yeah, it's yeah.
2: uh, it's actually all boys, so they yeah. segregate the females and the males. What's well, the fastest time? Uh, we just had a guy that will graduate uh, this year, and his time I think was six. That's great. Moving.
0: Moving. <laughs> that's, that's slightly faster than you in high school, Mike. Just slightly. Yeah,
2: what's well, fun? You you try to teach these teenagers, and it's very humbling when it comes to. How much speed they have it's just crazy
0: <laughs> yeah well thank you for you know what you do like i, I that's that takes a lot of patience it anyways does. and you know it's just awesome to see people doing that and giving back and and teaching them what you've learned mm-hmm. you know it's, i'm sure they're very respectful respectful of your advice too
2: absolutely and it's it's uh i learned a lot from them as well it's it's very fun to have that outlet i mean you don't make a lot of money from coaching, but it's mm-hmm. nice to have uh, – do that on the side, I guess.
0: So it's not as lucrative as race directing is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we're, we're, none, of the, none of us are doing this for money, Mike.
2: So.
4: <laughs> we didn't even get the yeah. shirt. Dude. <laughs> uh, I
2: have a story on that.
3: <laughs> Let's hear it.
2: <laughs> so the next race that's probably on Ultra sign up is that called the Chateauy trail. Chateauy.
0: Yep. Now so, uh, you I've heard I I want you to tell your story, but I've heard some stuff, so just, I I want to hear your story.
2: Okay. I don't I don't want to give any specific names, but uh, it was nope, called the I'm Big not. Turtle. It was called the Big Turtle uh ultra and uh, that's how every everyone still calls it that now. Basically Mike and uh his wife very very good people. Uh, they sold the race to a different company and I think late 2022, along with a few other races. Um, and this guy put on big turtle, AKA, uh, Chateau Trace and, um, the volunteers from, uh, the past years were there. They assumed it'd be similar race. Um, everything was put out, like in terms of the, uh, we didn't even know what the starting point or anything else was until like the Thursday before that Saturday race. Uh, there were no shirts, no medals, uh, wow. no awards. I got first place in that race. Still haven't heard anything about an award or anything that was promised. <laughs> so it was just a mess. And Mike, thankfully, so the reason I'm, I plan on doing that race again in late April this year, um, is because Mike bought it back and there, they had nothing to do with that. They're great people. Yeah. So just a bad person bought the race. And he actually – there's a Warhammer 100, which goes towards no, no business. i
0: ran it. That was my and very first 100.
2: I was uh, – so I won Big Turtle, and I was supposed to get a free entry in a, a Warhammer. And basically, I think like a, maybe like four dozen people signed up for it. And that's like a $350 sign-up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, between that and the 50 mile distance, the hundred mile and the 50 mile distance. And people are still waiting for their money back. Cause he didn't put on that race. That's all. Oh
1: so I think this was the same story that Andrew was telling us. Uh, I think Andrew Nelson, Well, he talked a little bit about this, correct?
0: I, I will tell you this. We ran with a girl at ball state and, you know, we're, we're talking to her and I think it might've been me and Mike, um, I think you you were with us at this point, Mike. You may have been behind us. I don't know. But she ran this race. And I'm looking at her results right here. So Crystal, Crystal. Wheatley okay. yeah. Yeah. finished first female. Okay, The same race you're in, she didn't get a shirt. She didn't get a medal. That's what she's saying. She's like, I... and she told the exact same story you did. Like the race directors that used to put it on, I, you know, they put on the Warhammer. It's a great race. Big Turtle was a great race, but. Apparently the company that took it over just didn't, you know, there was, they, they didn't really do much from what I understand. They didn't create medals. You didn't even get a shirt. Like, Yeah.
2: And the fact that with the Warhammer, he did not refund people from what I, I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people that, because I was supposed to get the free entry. I'm not worried about that because I didn't put money into the Warhammer. But people, you know, that's 350 bucks. Yeah. That people can't put towards another race that yeah. they haven't gotten their money back or anything.
3: Right. You know that
0: that's the thing that um, gives race directors a bad name is doing stuff like that. So I'm grateful that they have taken it back over, and you know, and so the Sheltoe is is this what used to be the Big Frog?
2: I'm uh, sorry, the big, big Turtle. Big yeah, turtle. yeah, it, uh, yeah. They're same exact race, uh, and sadly, Mike had to change the name because of reputation. Basically, basically been floundered by uh, the race director that was there for
0: 2023. Are they still putting on races? The yeah, other
2: no one, no one has no idea what that guy is into or anything. It was one guy. No one knows what he's doing now, but not communicating about refunds or anything.
0: Mike, I can tell you, he probably doesn't have any races open on runs or no, uh, you know, ultrasona. He's
2: probably like, uh
3: can't yeah. let get a refund
0: well that's that's terrible like you know not that not that a medal really matters you know it really doesn't at the end of the day but what matters is that you have something to remember that race you know like if you win a race i don't care if they give me a coke can that's got my name written on it like if if first place gets it but you know like i want to remember like that race because that is a special moment and the fact that like you and crystal both i mean you both win the race and you get nothing yeah it, uh, you didn't even get a t-shirt to remember the race like forget the medal you didn't get a t-shirt
2: like that that sucks but i, I feel really bad because there's people that I, i've talked to people that did the race they've never done a marathon before they would never run a 50 mile race again probably and uh, that's maybe their hardest day ever in their lives and they won't have that right I, to remember it
4: definitely i'm following you on that because like you like you had showed earlier for the ones that are out there a lot longer than some of us this is epic to them mm-hmm. and they may or may not this may have been a once in a lifetime thing for them and so they kind of want something they i feel as a race director sometimes we we say yeah like david said we're not worried about the medal Kind of wilt the shirt, you know, that's kind of cool. But to them, to some runners, that could could be something that's very important to them. You know, Mm -hmm. especially how a race director treats people. I mean, I just vibe off these guys. But how you're treated at a race is just, that's a make or break. You know, price is one thing. But, I mean, how you're treated there and how a fellow runners treat other runners, that's a make or break for me, whether or not I'll go back.
3: at least agree.
0: Did they at least have good aid stations? Like, was there...
2: So the, the guy was lucky because basically the same volunteers that volunteered for Mike when he owned it uh, prior to the end of 2022, they basically volunteered for 2023. Um, That's so,
0: great, because if not, that would have just been a disaster.
2: Yeah, the aid stations were great. Well,
0: at least there was that. <laughs>
2: but we had no idea where the age stations would be because the information, like I said, wasn't put out until like the, two days before the race, mm. which is annoying.
0: <laughs> so you know, I mean kudos to him though. Who's the race director now? I I can't remember his uh, name.
2: Mike and I I know his wife's name starts with a C. Um it might be Chrissy or something like that. Okay. Well uh, no it's Brandy and the last name is a C. Uh Mike and Brandy.
0: Well I'm just glad they took it back over yeah. and anybody that wants to help support some good race directors, there you go. Sheltoe Tra- Trace Ultras. Um go check it out. Do they still put on the Warhammer?
2: Yeah, it's called something else now, uh, and they're no longer doing the 100-mile distance. They're going to keep it at 50 miles and under. Um,
3: I forgot <laughs> what it's hard. called now.
2: That was tough. Same Worth course, but uh, they, uh, they're they just doing the 50-mile and under distance.
0: So now tell us about the Yankee Springs 100K.
2: So <laughs> that goes back in the big turtle. Big turtle. So I did – Music City Ultra, I did Big Turtle, so I used Music City as kind of a very, very hard training run, kind of like uh, Guan Loco. Um, it's still a race, so I'm going to go very hard, but uh then Big Turtle was a peak race, and Warhammer was supposed to be like the peak race of the training block.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: That got canceled like the week after it was supposed to happen, so <laughs> no one knew what was going yeah. on, so... I'm on ultra sign up looking for any race where I, while I'm in peak shape uh, and had to travel uh, seven hours north to go to Michigan for a hundred K I was in hundred mile shape, but uh, you know, hundred K that works for me, but uh, that was a very fun race. Uh, That was a loop race. I think we did, ended up being about 65 miles with uh, four loops um, and I didn't have time to research the race or anything, but there was about eight miles total that was like sand. And I just hated that. It's miserable.
0: Well, I can't say much. I don't, I don't think we research much on no. races either. No. So no. go bad there. We, we like to go in blind and have no expectations. Be
3: <laughs> like, Oh, yeah.
0: new. Mid to well, eight I mean- mile. <laughs> you, you go in and you win that race too. I mean, you, you've just like, over the years, you've just built up a tremendous amount of, of medals or trophies, I guess, on sign from, from your races. So you're, you're talking about your training block and I think we'll get into that in just a second, but you know, what you're doing seems to be working well for you. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the Yankee Springs trail around hundred K you did it in 10 hours. Your first place overall bluegrass Reaper challenge 50 K you did it in three hours and nine minutes. Man, that is, that is crazy for a 5k. So tell us, tell us this one.
2: There's a caveat in there. It was, uh, it was a little bit different. Uh, basically we had to run, I think it was like 2.7 miles every 40 minutes. So I didn't run 50 K straight three hours and nine minutes.
3: Okay. Okay.
0: Someone else told, told us about the same race. Then I remember who Steven, Steven, Steven. So you got to run your speed and then there was a break in between each one
2: yes but uh it was so it had its own challenges in a way because you have to worry about your legs tightening up while you're Mm. resting uh it felt nice to change socks every few uh 40 minute segments but the legs tightening up was a pretty big issue
0: well i mean you might actually be able to run that now i mean you just You just come out and do a training run at gone loco and run 34 ish miles. We, we call it a 55 K and on the thing, it's a 33 miler. So I'll just go ahead and like fix this story right now. So when we, when we set this whole course up in 2020, so you started running about the time that, you know, we started race directing right during COVID, um, that was fun. But when we went to do the gone loco the extension wasn't done. So it was literally just a four mile out and back it was like on miles. the
4: main highway there at 39 mm-hmm. It stopped.
0: So the original gone loco was put on in December, not February. And they're like, we're going to have the, we're going to have the trail done like two weeks before you have the race. We'll have the bathrooms built. Cause there was, there was no parking lot. There was like, it was just gravel. There was no bathrooms, none of that. And we're like, cool. So me and Mike go out there uh, like a week before the race and the bathroom's not done yet. I don't think the parking lot's done. Um, and the trail's not done, but it's, it's close. So we run the trail and it's like close to, you know, I think it was like 11.5 or seven miles by the time you run the whole thing or, you know, it's it's more than 11.5, I guess. We ended up with like 34 ish miles. Mm Mm-hmm. So, the extension that they told us was just slightly longer than when we created the race, so we've just left it that way, but we at least call the medals a fifty five k now, yeah,
3: yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean miles
2: if you go into a hundred mile, usually they're about four or so miles over anyway, so I think they're ultra community, we're kind of used to it <laughs> yeah
3: that's,
0: that's exactly right well, so now let's let's get into this race, so gone loco, you come out this Sunday. We don't know who Mike Eulig is. Nope, no. never heard of him. Not at all. I see, you know, someone starts talking about your three-hour 50K on ultra sign-up, yep. and I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. But more importantly, I pull it up, and I see all your results, and I'm like, well, this guy's going to be competitive. hmm And you just absolutely crushed this race. And from my understanding, I think you did talk to my girlfriend a little bit about this, and, and Emmanuel uh, and I've just heard parts of the story, but I think you ran much harder than you planned because you thought Emmanuel was Prefontaine.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so, so, tell us, so tell us the
0: story. We want to hear this.
2: So I saw James on there. Uh, he's yeah. won it, I think, two of the three years. Very talented runner. I saw yeah. some of his pistol results, and I'm. I, Look at ultra sign up ball the entrance, things like that, to get an expectation of where people should finish, what pace they'll be in, and I assume that there would be a nice, a nice, uh, uh what would you call it, uh, a nice group, uh, a nice pack, kind of like a marathon, a pack going yeah. about anywhere from like seven thirty-five to eight minute pace,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: I thought that'd be perfect for like the first twenty miles, and then maybe start picking it up for like the last. 15, 20k, and uh, that's not what happened. Uh, <laughs> Emmanuel uh, Estrada, I think his name is. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he took out like a bat out of hell at like 6:30 <laughs> pace. So I'm just I'm wondering there. what's going on. I did not expect this. I looked at all the data on ultrasound But I don't expect so someone the finish at 6:30 pace. <laughs>
0: Emmanuel but, has come a long way. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so last year, I, didn't tell yeah. I ran this.
1: I ran, I've ran it every year except this year, the first year I haven't ran it. And so last year we started out and we did, we had a nice pack. It was me, James Pinar, Michael Morrell, Brandon Johnson. We were all together. Emmanuel was gone. Him, him and Jonathan, they got third in the 11 mile they were gone. And I'm like, I've never ran against Emmanuel. Or David had. And, like, if he can hold this, nobody's catching him. Because, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, you're running 34 and a half miles. You know, keeping that six-minute pace is going to be tough. He goes down. He turns around. He's just still getting it. I go down, turn around. I think I catch him at the second bridge. It was done. He had – he he went out with that six-something pace and he couldn't hold it um
0: (laughs) so he so he held it much longer yes this past sunday so so when did you realize that emmanuel was not your competition (laughs)
2: uh so i I, what happened was i was i was trying to be consistent so i was going about 640 and i noticed that the first aid station which was about three and a half miles into it uh Mm -hmm. right about the halfway point of going out um He stopped and I guess it looked like he had some stomach cramps because he was holding his stomach. So I'm, I'm trying to go this consistent pace and he's just leapfrogging, uh, after, after the A station in front of me and then slowing down. So uh, a great runner, uh, Mm -hmm. but about, about the turnaround point is where I finally passed him. uh, Um, and that's, uh, we probably hit that at about 640 pace and. From there I had the, I have a hard time slowing down, so I kept it at about seven minute pace uh, throughout the race.
0: Well so you ran six forty sevens this whole time. But I noticed when you come through the first aid station, like it didn't even look like you stopped. Did you grab anything or did you just keep keep going? No, I,
2: I just kept going. Uh so I I carved out before like I didn't get very healthy. Outside of races, but when it comes to races, I it's kind of nice mentally because I can look forward to it. But I kind of yeah. pick out in terms of simple carbs, things like that. So I was pretty well fueled up before the race. So for like the first ten miles, I was good to go.
3: Oh wow, wow!
0: No, didn't need hydration or anything. Just ten miles. Uh,
2: I so I had a, my soft flask. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't like to run with a vest just because I, I get hot very easily. And, uh, yeah. I was get nervous about chafing, um so I had a, you know. a soft, yeah. <laughs> I had a half water half hour rate.
0: Is that your is that your go to for hydration
2: uh for the beginning, which I know some people like you can it has a starch in it that goes in your stomach and processes slower because of those starches, things like that. I feel like I can throw as long as my stomach's good to go the night before race, I can throw anything at it and it's good to go so uh, for what was supposed to be a training run, I'm not gonna use a bunch of expensive stuff. So yeah, yeah. powerade, powerade's fine. Uh, but I had two, I had a chair set up at the uh yes. second turnaround okay. point, and yeah. I had two other soft flask, and uh from there I had a a mix of uh code red and water. So
3: nice, Ooh.
0: yeah. You got you got to have some soda. That's it's it's <laughs> always a go to. Yes. So. When did you be like? When, when were you like, damn, so much for my training run?
2: <laughs> yeah, I so saw my heart rate uh, went up pretty fast. Like so, so yeah, that subtle downhill for like the first three miles, and then the subtle uphill, and mm-hmm. I noticed like when I when I passed them, uh, my heart rate was a lot higher than I wanted it to be. It was more for like a an all out fifty k race.
0: <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. so. So, I guess this is probably a PR for you, though, right? right?
2: Uh, I think it was about a six. So, I ran that uh, fat-ass 50K in um, about 354-something. So, I guess for the 50K distance, I think it was about a 16-minute PR. Wow. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah, because you basically did. I mean, yeah, I, I know we call it a 33-mile, yeah. but you did almost 35 miles, yeah. let's be honest. 34.5. Uh, uh, you yeah, call it what like. it is. Um. So, I mean, kudos. And I... Here's the thing, Emmanuel has done this to more than just you. You're like he did it when I first met Emmanuel was I ran the race called the Dirt Circuit, and it's a race that we have taken over from uh, from Dirty Bird events. And their last year they put it on, I went to that course, and it's a tw- it was a twelve hour course, and I line up, and Emmanuel laps me. It's a three mile looped course, Emmanuel. So I'm like three hours in and Emanuel's lapped me like three times and I'm like, oh, who is this guy? Like, and then uh, this other gentleman's lapping me about, you know, he's, he's about three laps ahead of me too. And I'm like, okay. So I, you know, I get in the trunk of my car and I'm like taking two scoops of this scratch at this point. Cause I was on scratch at that point. So I like shove two, two scoops of scratch and I grab some goose and I carve up and I just take off and I'm running hard, like, you know, like like you. I'm like, okay, this this sucks. Like this is not what I planned on, you know. Well, the one guy quits. He got his PR 50k and just walks off the course. And I'm like, okay. But Emmanuel's still Emmanuel. Emmanuel's still going. And uh, I catch, you know, I gain a lap finally back on Emmanuel. He held on for ten hours, okay. and then. Then he just crashed. He ended up finishing second overall, but just like you, he drove me to a 12 hour PR. I mean, I ran like 69 miles in 12 hours because of Emmanuel. So I think it's funny and and like, I didn't hear the whole conversation, but Mary was telling me, she's like, you know, you were chasing Emmanuel and Emmanuel's like, see what
2: I did. (laughs) It's a kick out of it. That's hilarious. Yeah,
3: yeah,
2: so I went into the race at least wanting a chance to um, get top three or something. So the last thing I want to do is, you know, do seven-minute miles while this guy is putting 30 seconds a mile on me and have to make that up later. So yeah, yeah that's why I stayed with him. But uh, if I would have known.
1: <laughs> hey, but he did, you know, from last year to this year, he, he held it. He you did. know, he held it. He got yeah. third place. It was – I was impressed.
0: Uh, mm-hmm. But Emmanuel has been putting in a lot of training, which is good. I'll say and this. He, when you come through on your first lap, we were all like, boop, boop. boop. When he you come nasty. through on your second lap, we were like, he's going to break the course record. Yeah. No, yeah. Lap, I, I mean, you, you you know, I've said this a couple of times to other people, like, you know, joking and stuff, but like, I mean, dude, you were just as smooth as, like, I always say this, but smooth as a box fan. No, I yeah. mean, like, you were just your stride, everything like your, your posture, there was no slumping. There was no crouching. You, you know, you weren't like breathing hard. You were just dialed in and doing your thing. And it was awesome to watch. It was, it really was. You, you killed it, you know, and the, and the ladies were right behind you. I mean, I think it's impressive. What
4: three out of four, four, four
0: people broke the course record at this course, you know? And like, that's, that's kind of crazy to think about. Like normally if you break a course record, you win the race you know (laughs) so like kudos to everybody but i mean for you 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 shave like 40 45 minutes off the course record yeah i was
1: i was two minutes off from it last year and then
0: i think james has had
1: like 45 46 or something
0: and i mean you honestly look like you could have ran another lap or two at that pace oh yeah i don't know if you could have you know you probably know better than us but you looked fine
2: yeah uh it, it was supposed to be a training run, but, uh, you know, and, and Emmanuel is a great runner, uh, but, uh, it, I felt, felt pretty good that day. Um, so I, I worked on Saturday and, uh, I actually went straight from work to the race and got there at about 10 PM, something like that. So mm-hmm. with, the, I, I slept in the car, which is not unusual with like music and stuff. I'm used mm-hmm. to touring in a small car and just sleeping in the car. But uh, it was all that rain, uh, and then it stopped like at six a.m. So I was very mm-hmm. nervous about all that rain, but it uh,
3: we worked out pretty well. Makes all
2: of us. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was. It was. It's like every time we put that race on, expect it to either rain extremely hard or you know, twenty-two degrees and raining. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like something. It's just, it's always crazy, and that's why we moved it from December. There was a tornado that came through the day of the race. Wow. Um, so we were all sitting there in our cars, you know, waiting on this, you know, tornado to come through and like, we just finally called the race and then that's when we actually moved it to February and it's been there ever since. Mm-hmm. So it worked out. Nice. Um,
2: yeah. I could see all the flooding on the side of that trail, but the trail itself was perfect.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They do. A, I mean, I've got to give them credit. Like they take such good care of that course. I mean, right. I guarantee you that tree's already gone. Probably. If not, it will be this week. They'll, They'll at least have be a be sign awesome. up to let you know there's a tree. But, and Nick, Nick, you know, done a great job of taking pictures that day. So, I mean, he got some really cool shots of you mm-hmm. and everybody. So, um, I'm excited man. to see Ashley's. Yeah. 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 We got more coming. Ashley's will be great too. But what'd you, what'd you think about the course and the volunteers and, and just the race in general, any feed, any feedback for us on that?
2: Uh, I think the aid station was perfect. I, I like the, uh, kits, so I get weird cravings in the ultras. I think that's normal. But uh, I like the applesauce packets at the uh, turnaround point. Just throwing mm, them yeah. in, the, in the stomach was nice. Uh, but uh, the aid stations were perfect. The atmosphere was just amazing. Uh, everyone looked like they were having a great time. Uh, I got to high five a bunch of people uh, each lap, so that was fun.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, it had good energy.
2: Yeah. Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I heard that from multiple people today through messages like that, you and Amy and all kinds of other people were just high-fiving everybody out there. And that, and I mean, everybody just loved that. So that's awesome.
2: Yeah. And with ultras, sometimes it's hard to, hard to deal with monotony. So having that atmosphere really, really just helps right. so much, especially if you're out there for, let's say seven or eight hours, That that's so beneficial.
3: I
0: mean, and then you got April out there dressed up as whatever she wants to be a, uh, you know, at one point a clown, the next yes. point it's a skunk, but you know, I mean, she, she's just awesome. She brightens the day up too. So
2: yeah, that's a, that going in that costume and keeping that energy is a marathon in itself, I would say.
0: Yes. Yep. So, so tell us just a little bit, like, let's finish with this, but like, did the race go the way you wanted it to?
2: Ah. Uh, Beyond going a little bit harder than I wanted, I I felt like <laughs> I felt like I was able to maintain that pace pretty well. Um, if I treated it all out, I probably could have went five ten seconds per mile faster. But other than that, I think uh, you know I was able to maintain the pace perfectly. The aid stations definitely helpful, and the uh, the soft gravel is just perfect uh, yeah. perfect for something like I was looking for.
0: Great, Good and and you said that. W- this was a training run for you so it's a training run for what what are you what are you getting ready to tackle here tell us
2: uh so i have the music city ultra which is that's i'm gonna kind of treat it like last year it's a race i want a podium i want to win it i mean who doesn't want to win a race but uh i'll, I'll go out there pretty hard but right now big turtle it's gonna be my peak race in yamma crawl i'm already signed up for yamma which Ooh. Uh, you know, from no business, it shares a lot of the same, uh, trail system.
0: Well, you, you know that you met the race director at the turnaround, right?
2: Did I? Yep.
0: Brian Gage nice. is one of the, he's so Brian and Doug. So Doug, Doug is a race director too, but they were some of the guys down running the other aid station where the applesauces and stuff were. um, but yeah, Brian is the one that he's the race director for Yamacraw or Yamacraw, whatever, whatever we call it here. No business. He's also taken over the pistol and Solly. Um, Doug is, he's the race director of Caney Fork and yes. Norris Amhard. And then the guy timing the race, Tony Owens is a race director. He puts on the fire water, then the three sisters, and they also help with the Knoxville Track Club. So the trail yes. race. So lots of race directors around that area. And, and that's, what's kind of cool is you, you've met some of them already. Yeah. So, you know, you'll be a familiar face to Brian when he sees you over there.
2: Yes, I think he
0: actually offered me a shot of a uh, fireball. <laughs> <laughs> Good for Excellent. him. See, that's the party station.
3: That's right. Yeah.
0: Yes, they did it. Um, so, so tell us just real quick, and then we'll move on to some questions. So we always have listener questions, but uh, tell us about your like your training. Like you, you were talking about your training blocks. I assume you're doing your own training blocks, or do you have a coach?
2: Uh I do my own. So, so tell us a little bit about what your, what your
0: training looks like. You ain't got to go into detail, but just curious.
2: So another – I forgot to say this, but another another reason while I started getting into endurance uh, sports, I have an issue with sleep. If I don't exercise enough, I just have a terrible that's, – that's a big issue I have with taper uh, is if I go like below 40 miles a week, I just have sleep issues like really bad. Um, so – I try to run at least a few miles every day um, when I'm going between training blocks, but I feel like the big thing is, you know, you gotta, you gotta have a nice foundation or else you will get injured. Um, it takes about six weeks, at least six weeks to kind of build those bones and ligaments up before doing any hard training. So I think you really have to have that. Um, and if you have that foundation, I think you can go from 30 miles a week to 100 miles a week. So that's kind of how I handle it. Uh, I took December as, uh, I had the, uh, the fifth or the marathon. I don't think this is on my ultrasound, but I had the marathon at Cricket Creek as my last race of, uh, last training block 2023. And uh took a few 30, 35 mile weeks easy. And then I went straight into a few hundred mile weeks just to kind of kind of quickly boost up that aerobic uh, system. From my understanding, which I, I like to read a lot of studies, so from my understanding that takes at least four weeks to get those adaptations, um, and that would help me with going loco, things like that. Uh, and I like to do that through uh, a, a, like a 50K or a marathon distance, and then from there I start from from now I'm kind of recovering from that race, uh, so I, I still like after that race I did about six and a half miles the next day, legs were toast but it's good to get through that lactate acid. Uh, uh, then I did a, a fasted a ten mile on Tuesday and a uh, group run on Tuesday night. Uh, so. If I'm doing a race really early, I, I do a 12-hour fa- a fast every day. And if I'm doing a uh, run that's really early, uh, I'll just do it fasted. Um, and today I did a uh, two times 2.5 miles of hill repeats and a 13.5-mile run. Uh, so now I'm going to start adding some more workouts now that I'm in kind of a harder phase where I'm, I'm doing about 70 to 85 miles a week. Um, I'll start touching the track this week, getting ready for music city. Um, but on a training block, I, I do the weekly, uh, cycle. So every Monday I have a long run. Uh, I try to do about 15 to 20 miles and I treat my long runs as a workout. So I might do two times six miles steady at about 50 K pace where I'm going at about just under seven minutes per mile. Um, Or I might do two times, or uh, three times two miles at half marathon pace where I'm going like 550 pace around there within a like, let's say a 17 mile run. Um, Wednesday is kind of a more moderate workout where I might do a fart like at VO2 max pace. That's more for just boosting the running economy. Um, So I might do 400 meters on, 800 off at about 520, uh, 505 pace around there. And Friday is usually my hardest workout. Um, and I like, I like around this time, I like keeping it at about 70 to 85 miles a week. Um, and then, uh, it just gets kind of more specific, uh, from, from there, I guess. Uh, I like my hill repeats, things like that. I don't know if that answered your question. No, that that was oh, actually yeah. really good.
0: That that was very detailed. Very so, detailed. Um, sounds like you have definitely self-taught yourself on, <laughs> you know, at least what's working for you yeah. and, and understanding what to push yourself to. Because um, I mean, a lot of people don't do speed work. Yeah. So the fact that you're doing it, we obviously can see that. We saw that at Gone Loco. I mm-hmm. mean, a lot of people's not going to come out and run a six forty pace for thirty five. 34, 35 miles, do you give yourself a rest day?
2: Uh, I mean, like yesterday was a rest day. I did a 10 miles fast in the morning (laughs) and, uh, about five in the afternoon. Good rest. Okay.
0: Do you do any strength training?
2: So, uh, I do, it's not, uh, orthodox, but I, so the only. The only weight that I touch is a 20-pound kettlebell.
3: Let me say
0: this to begin with. Nothing that we do is orthodox. We're ultra runners, so
2: go ahead. That's very true. (laughs) I do a lot of body weight exercises, so the only weight that I actually touch is a 20-pound kettlebell. I do at least 5,000 push-ups a month. Uh, I do a bunch of shoulder exercises, a bunch of ab stuff, a bunch of lunges, a bunch of ear squats, a bunch of kettlebell swings, and – then some uh, arm workouts, uh, like curls and uh, tricep extensions, uh, just uh, body weight exercises, uh, mostly. And then the 20-pound kettlebell for the curls and the kettlebell swings. I don't need a lot of weight. Um, I, I feel like ultra running, you don't have to throw around a 50-pound weight or yeah. bench press 150 pounds. You know, 5,000 push-ups, that's fine. It's gonna basically build up that muscle endurance, which helps uh, build capillary beds and other parts of the body.
1: So if you're doing 5,000 push-ups, how many are you doing a day?
2: It's uh, I average at least like 160 at least a day. Yeah. Okay. And I've been doing do, that. Do you
0: do since them
1: all at the
2: same time
0: or do you just break them up throughout the day? Uh,
2: I break them up. I might do 50 here, uh, 40 there, stuff like that. Okay. Well, and I I have uh, like the notes on my iPhone and I just yeah. throw in a total on my
1: yeah, I feel pretty good now because I'm I've been doing about a hundred a day, so I'm only sixty off.
0: You know, maybe
2: I'll you do a little to more.
0: Up your game, man!
1: got
2: to Pick it up. <laughs> yeah, five thousand just felt like a nice round number per month to go after.
0: That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. All right. So, anything else? Do you do any yoga? Do you spend any time stretching? Or
2: no, uh, I mean, I'll, I'll stretch uh, after the group runs. I uh, I have that R eight kind of uh, roller thing. That I throw on the hamstrings and the thighs and stuff, and it hurts, but it, it definitely works out those kinks. Um, uh, and I, I use compression.
3: Yeah, yeah,
0: like yeah. compression boots.
2: Uh, compression uh, cast sleeves, and I have one that's for like a hamstring. Um, yeah. yeah,
0: okay. Yeah, that definitely helps.
2: And I, I like, uh, like, if I don't use it enough, I I think a lot of guys. Uh, especially in like middle and long distance uh stuff, uh have like hamstring issues. So I like I like compression shorts quite a lot for dealing oh, yeah. with that, especially during a race.
0: Yeah, I, yep. I battled hamstring issues all last year after I had Rhabdo and um, I'm finally starting to get that all worked out, luckily, but uh yeah, it, it happened to me last year and I hadn't had issues till I had rhabdo somehow I ended up with hamstring issues. I think just because I was probably so dehydrated, but that was definitely me too. So, I mean, it happens, yeah. unfortunately.
2: Rhabdo is basically where you have too much uh, toxicity in the blood. Uh, is that what it is in, or?
0: Your uh, creatinine level. Yeah, like your your muscle breakdown and stuff just overloads. What you can flush through your body and your kidneys start shutting down. Um, and then your creatinine level, Once it gets to a certain point, I mean, you're just, your, your kidney just can't work fast enough. And then you can drink water, you can do whatever, but it's just not, you know, it's not doing anything. So you just become quickly dehydrated. Your muscles just keep breaking down. Your body just starts cramping. I mean, you know, you, you go into renal failure, which is what happened to me. Um, But you learn a lot from stuff like that. So, you know, I learned that my hydration was poor. You know, like, uh, obviously how you fuel and, and hydrate the week of your race is just as important as when you're hydrating during the race. And I do a good job of that in the past. And I can say that I've done better. Um, you know, that's one of those things like when it happens to you, it stays in your head, you know, for a long time. Like you start having these pains and you're like, oh no, here we go again. Uh, But I've finally gotten past that. But, you know, that's a lesson learned for me is like going race week or anything, even after a race. That's the one thing I learned too is after a race, Mm -hmm. you need to keep hydrating just like you're racing to flush your kidneys out because that creatinine level will stay in there as as you're flushing that out. So it's not only just like up to the race. It's right after the race too. And, you know, that's just lessons learned from me going to the hospital three times over this, you know? So, um, I mean, if you didn't know that you do now, but you know, definitely after the race, it's just as important.
2: I started to hear about that.
0: Uh, I mean, it happened in John Harden's race. (laughs) You ever heard of black toe?
2: Yes. That's that just happened. It did. I was there (laughs)
0: last year trying to do the hundred miles in 24 hours because no one's ever done it at that race. And, uh, I was 50 miles in 12 hours and went into Rabdo. I was, Uh so it, you know, unfortunate, but I'll go back again in a year or two, try it again, still got a thousand dollars up there. That's true. Yeah. He's got a prize up there next year. Mike, anybody gets a hundred miles there. It's a thousand dollars.
2: Sounds enticing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, so let's. Thank you for going through your, your training program for us and, and what you're, you know, what you're trying to do, um, while Matt's pulling up the questions and you know, we can't help it, Matt, it'll take him 28 minutes to get these questions. Going to recheck, recheck Instagram, make sure we don't got no new questions. Yeah. And let, let me say this, I'll just air the dirty laundry right now. So you sent me a list for Andy you got to you got to hear this mike he sends me a list of questions for andy because you know i was telling you we had the issues mm-hmm. so i sent this list of questions to andy because what i was going to do, do was like edit this video back and forth to where it was like oh we ask a question he answers it. well matt didn't ask at least six of the questions that they sent me they came in late what? You know so I mean? at the very end, it's just Andy answering his own questions you mean, and talking I, to himself. I will tell you
1: who <laughs> sent those in, and it was our good buddy, Mister Chris Stamen, and he sent those in after the podcast. And I thought it was a uh, very fitting so
0: that
4: sent him all the questions. So,
0: so, so all I'm saying, so, so I, just, I just, if, if, if Matt sends you questions tomorrow, don't be surprised. <laughs> hey, that's why I have ahead, now. What's wrong,
2: Mike? Is Andy the guy from California, the firefighter yes, Andy guy? Yes, I, I watched that. Yes, I thought it was strange because <laughs> he was wearing, like, totally different clothes. <laughs> yes, in so, that's okay. what I
0: told you about. At 50 <laughs> minutes, Riverside just decided to, oh, let's not upload anymore, See, so we fixed that. That's but.
1: why I have been putting in there, send questions by 630, <laughs> so we're not getting them at, like, 8 o'clock at 9. I'm like, uh, podcast is over, so
2: uh, questions aren't there so so I, my i also I will, heard that the uh the, if you throw them on a paper that paper might fly around oh, yeah, the table it goes away. end up anywhere
1: yeah, yeah it up the in the floor my dog will eat it yeah <laughs> and then we'll both be sitting here looking around yes. everywhere for it
0: well here i'm i'm gonna kick us off with the same question and if you've watched some of our podcasts already you know this question it's the very first one we start with but why do you run what uh, what keeps you going what pushes you and like why do you do it
2: so with how we live nowadays a lot of people live sedentary lives i think it's a good value to kind of put yourself out there do that mental check every once in a while of really challenging yourself but also like i said i have those have, have that sleeping issue if i don't i guess i don't know if it's a chemical thing but uh, I have sleeping issues if I don't run enough, so that that definitely helps. um also I also have three kids, so it's good to have that role model mentality of you know yeah not only saying what you should do if you want to live a healthy life, but actually showcasing it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I agree with that. Do what you say you're gonna do yeah I mean that's that's a great role model for your kids, especially for them to see you you know, enduring stuff and still pushing and trying to make yourself better. Yeah. How old are your kids?
2: Uh, so they're three, six, and nine. Oh, wow. Yes. I want to have a fourth one, but Casey does not want to,
0: <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Do you ever bring them to races?
2: Uh, I have not, but uh, when, when they get older, I plan on it, certainly. Good.
0: Good. You'll probably have one running with you. Yeah. Yes.
2: Which I do nice. fishing tournaments sometimes, so I, I bring uh, the oldest sometimes to do fishing tournaments things like that. Oh yeah,
0: that's awesome. Cool. That's a that's a that's a broad age range age range too. That's awesome. You get a little bit of everything there. You get the toddler, and then the the six year olds just curious enough to ask some crazy questions, mm-hmm. and then the nine year old is becoming independent and wants to do everything themselves. I'm sure.
2: Absolutely, but like, <laughs> I guess in sh- I I wouldn't. Like the diaper changing stuff, I, I would have a nightmare if they were too close together. That would just end yeah. school. It's nice to have them have one in school and deal with like when, whenever the six-year-old was younger, just have them yeah. not in school. But it would have been a nightmare having to deal with like three different kids and diapers and stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's a whole game changer out right there. Well, go ahead, Matt.
1: All right. Said. We've covered a couple of these just in our casual conversation here. But uh, what is your favorite distance?
2: I really like 50 miles. It's uh, I feel like with my mentality and training, I feel like it has that distance to really force you mentally, but also you can have speed involved where you can actually pick up the paces. Like the big turtle, uh, David Smith uh, and I, we were throwing in surges of like, six flat pace on the fire roads. And it's nice to have that to where you can do that in a race.
1: Yeah. Uh, your, uh, weekly mileage.
2: So I, I like to do at least a few hundred plus mile weeks. And then, uh, during a training block, I like to keep it at around 70 to 85, uh, outside of the hundred mile weeks. And then between training blocks, I like to keep it at about 30 to 40 miles.
1: Okay. And we went over your strength training, you do a lot of uh, body weight and kettlebell correct yes sir um this is a this is a pretty funny question uh were you born with perfect posture?
2: Uh, I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> actually when I was like six i uh was i think I was sleeping and uh, I might have been a little bit older maybe I wasn't in a car seat so I fell. I think I forgot to put on my seatbelt, and I opened the car door. It actually broke my arm falling out the car on the turn. So oh, definitely geez. not going with perfect, perfect posture. <laughs>
0: wow. Well, when you're running, you look like he does. He's got posture. that
1: perfect stand up posture. <laughs> That's funny. I wonder who asked that. That's awesome. Oh, I know who asked it.
0: When are you actually going to prep
1: for a road marathon and set oh. your PR? Oh. Uh
2: I feel like I don't know. I just. I feel like want to be faster to actually go into a marathon training block, uh, but I don't know. Um The thing is, I I don't like big races, like big city races on road. Mm. I got everyone wants to go to Boston. I would I think I would actually hate that. Like you have to take a, a ferry right. and arrive there like three hours early, and then be yeah. around and the rain and cold. Like that sounds like a miserable time to me. <laughs> uh, I would rather hang out on the trails and run with trail runners.
0: Mike, I think me and you were born the same way, man. <laughs> I've never ran a marathon, and I'm running my first marathon and my last marathon in March.
2: Nice. Um, Which one?
0: The Chattanooga Erlanger Marathon. Nice. Um, and really, the only reason that I'm running it is because um, Mary's got my training block going up to the marathon, but really, it's this whole training block is to Yeti 50, then to Yeti 100 this year. And we're starting with the marathon training block, so it was like do the marathon, then just keep the block go. You know, start a new training block to get ready for the fifty. Um, everybody seems to think I'm going to get hooked on this marath- marathon, but it's not going to happen.
1: It's pretty fun to do every now and then. I, I mean, I'm going, but I don't. I don't think I'm gonna get.
4: I don't no. know. It's just. I don't know. I'm like you. I wouldn't want to go to Boston just because of the cost and the. When I think you can go around to other cities and have just as good a time, but it is, it's kind of appealing to some little aspect, like Matt says.
0: I want to do it
1: one time. I want to go to
0: Boston one I, time. I don't care. Check what it off. I, here's I don't the thing that. I don't want to run another marathon, period. Okay. Like, I don't, I'm going to do this and I'm done. Like, I love trail running, you that know, like it. Fall State was cool, but man, 300 and something miles of road just was not fun. That wasn't fun. I mean, that's twenty six point two is a lot different than three fifty. <laughs> Very true, but I'm right there with you. I I, I completely understand. Um, you I, should do a you should do a marathon I training think, block. I think it's going crush to shake you faster.
2: I may do one, uh, maybe like the Nashville. Uh, Was it the Rock and Roll Marathon? I'll, be I'll be there. do something like that, or to wear another huge marathon, but something It's pretty big. Uh, it's something pretty something fun. Yeah, I well, think it's not like New York or anything. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I would I did it uh I did the half marathon I think two years ago and it was like it seemed like a mile long of just people. Luckily <laughs> I was up front and not back there with everybody else, but I walked back there to my father in law and I'm like, that's a lot of people in front of you. Like a lot. And I mean, a lot bigger in Knoxville.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, my races, like my dream races, like Spartatalon uh, in Ooh. Greece, that just which, that sounds amazing.
0: Hasn't Will ran that? Uh,
2: yes, and I've talked to him. I always bring it up all the time, but he's done it mm-hmm. twice. Uh, and I think he was the first American overall, the second time that he did it. He actually ran his first or his fastest 100-mile uh, distance within that that race.
0: That's awesome. Will, Will is such a, a good dude and such a good runner. So. That's pretty yeah. cool
1: uh then your go-to hydration and nutrition
2: uh so like i said i eat healthy outside of races so it's kind of nice to throw in some chocolate during a race but uh i like i'd say a mix of that well like a hundred mile race i'm more willing to take in solids after about 100k Uh so i'll throw in a quesadilla or some peanut butter um things like that or a grilled cheese but um it's more just candy and, and uh, jelly beans in terms of solids, uh, and then I like to do the half water. I hydrate a lot in in terms of just straight water before the race, and then right. I mostly stick to half water, half Powerade, or a better nutrition, uh, or a drink supplement, and then mm. after about, probably about 30 to 40 K, I start throwing in half water, half caffeinated beverage.
1: Ooh. Mm. How much caffeine do you take before a race or during a race?
2: Uh, during a race, uh, I I like uh, – I think caffeine ha- definitely definitely has its uh, benefits. So I, I like uh, – I don't know. Maybe for the Gone Loco, I just did the two times 18-ounce. That was half uh, caffeinated uh, beverage in each, the code red, not new mm-hmm. code red. But uh, I'll do something like that about every – 8 to 10 miles, about 8 ounces. All right, 18 ounces.
0: Yeah, caffeine definitely has its benefits. Sure does. Some people Absolutely. have a bigger tolerance than we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> stamen. Stamen. Yep. stamen. Stamen. Stamen will take a 1,000 milligrams in a race. What did he do? He, he took, took oh, to he the race. Five.
4: He takes one or two shots before he even he gets
0: took, to the race. He, uh, he's. I think we counted up at one point. I don't remember which race. He was in was. the grams. He took two, almost two grams. Yeah. Of caffeine. So
2: you're not supposed to take more than 400 milligrams per day for the whole day. <laughs> oh no, no, we're we're past that. Yeah,
4: he yeah. says he like He gets I that going to him. the start
0: line. That's morning. morning. He Mike, he said he does Great. eight espresso shots yep. every
1: morning.
2: Oh, yep. oh my goodness! Wasn't it eight? It was a lot. Four, that was what yeah. he he did it's espresso,
1: good. and then he went and ran, and then sometime in what the 18th hour.
0: So just imagine what you could do
1: with yeah. <laughs> diluting that stuff so so have you heard the story about him and his caffeine okay so he broke the course mm-hmm. record at fort frenzy um he got 109 and a half nobody had ever reached it he comes in early morning and we're asleep we're taking turns sleeping and uh one of our buddies david Calhoun, who ran gone loco Gave him some caffeine pills. He thought they were 100 a hundred milligrams apiece, and he gave him what five?
2: Five. So that's already Four. a lot. Five hundred milligrams is a ton. Yeah, he no, 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 it's
0: capacity. Yeah, granted, is. it's like two or three in the morning. Yeah. So he's just going to take a big shot and be done. But here's the issue. They're two hundred milligrams apiece. So he took a thousand milligrams in one shot and this was on his well this right here was on his 100th mile lap
1: so he Ooh. takes it, we're like okay this is gonna take about 40 45 minutes to kick in he'll probably get the 100 miles if he don't die <laughs> before we get in he gets it we congratulate him and we said just so you know you took this man he goes oh, oh. i did <laughs> okay well i'll take about grams a day yeah. like, okay and he just laughs and goes back out.
0: Yeah, he ran more laps, but maybe it was like three or four in the morning. When it was, he was it back. was but, whatever because he quit. That was but, a lot of caffeine. Yeah. I I literally was scared that he was gonna have a heart attack. Yeah. Like I didn't know he could take that much. I just I looked at David and I'm like, You've killed him.
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he laughs. Stamon just laughed. Yeah, he said he didn't bat an
1: eye about it. He said, Oh, I have a high tolerance. I'm taking oh. gram
3: day like,
2: Okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's strange. So from my, what I understand, which I, I so when I did that 100 miler and uh, 2021, I think it was, I yeah. had a hard time falling asleep after the race, which is, sounds weird, but caffeine just kept me awake for like a good seven hours after I was done. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, everybody has such a different tolerance to this, you know, to that too. He's obviously built up a big one, but there's no way I could take that much. Well, I think, oh, yeah. I think I probably take five to 600 milligrams a day. Yeah. Uh, Just because I take pre-workout when I work out, and that's like 300, and then I'll drink a little bit more throughout the day of different stuff. And he drinks it right before bed, as you can see. (laughs) I did did just drink a bucked up. (laughs) But uh,
1: at at Georgia Jewel, uh, towards that later end of that race, I mean, I was taking 200 every like three, four hours. And it was just like, (laughs) hey, I got to stay awake. Taking it, taking it.
0: But it also leads to stomach issues because I think Chris did have stomach issues that morning. And I think mm-hmm. that's why he kind of calmed down. Oh, sure, like I'm done. A, but he'd already broke the course record. Thousand milligrams, man. I bet yeah. you. But that's all the questions I got. No more questions. No more questions. Mm-hmm. All right, Mike. Do you have any questions for us?
2: Uh, so I'm interested in that. Uh, is it the Chattanooga 115,
0: Cher- I think? Cherokee. <laughs> Cherokee
2: 115. Cherokee
0: Yes. Um, so we're waiting, we're waiting on the permit, but we've submitted everything. So this year it will be, I say this wrong every time, try to get it right. This year will be the 55 K and 115 K. Next year we'll do the 55 K, 115 K and 115 miler. Mm -hmm. Um, we just didn't think we had enough time this year to get all three of them because we just don't know how long it's going to take the state or, you know, the national forest to give us our permit approval. We're literally still waiting on it at this point. Um, we've got everything else ready. We're just waiting on the go-ahead. But it's, uh, you know, I'll let my, Matt describe the course a little bit.
1: It, uh, it was starting teleco, you know, if you don't know this region, it's it's not too far from us, uh, Cherokee National Forest. The 55K is looking at seven 7,000-plus 7, feet of climbing. It's a point-to-point. You'll be bussed out. and You come back to Telico. The 115, 115K is 14, 14K plus. Of um, elevation. Game. Of elevation. Um, you'll start, go out, come back we've ran every bit of this trail um it's it's beautiful uh you got a few few pretty good climbs um we got a saying for one of the mountains uh watch easy ain't easy because it ain't easy
0: watch easy mountain is awful when we hiked up that thing i just looked over at matt and i said i know what we're gonna put on the t-shirts <laughs>
3: yeah
0: and he's like what and i'm like watch easy ain't easy <laughs> and
1: then for the um for the 115 miler for 2025 hopefully everything goes great there is a section in there that is like a 3000 plus climb um i think it's like 10 miles but it's nothing but straight up um so that does qualify for other races for the future but
0: and that one's looking for 22 or twenty we we're hoping that once we get that going we can make this race a hard work hard rock qualifier because i don't think there is one really around here um you know blood rock was the closest that we had and he never got it approved to be a hard rock qualifier um, but that race had twenty-two thousand feet of elevation gain but the problem was to be a hard rock qualifier i think it has to be like it has to be at 3 000. three thousand feet in one climb yeah. which this race is going to have yep yeah. um so, you know, we, we say this, like, this is going to be one of the mountain races where you're going to have to have a race to qualify, Yeah, you know, like you're going to have to have show that you've ran an actual trail race, a 50 K or a hundred K in a certain yeah. amount of time to do it, because this is not going to be like a normal, you know, 7,000 feet elevation gain, hundred mile race. It's, it's going to be an actual true mountain race. Yeah. i mean it's it's going through the cherokee national forest i mean the trails are absolutely beautiful you you see i mean everything from little waterfalls and streams to like these huge overlooks um i mean we've ran it a couple of times and we've ran up on wild hogs we've ran up on you know turkeys and all kinds of stuff so i mean it, it's a beautiful trail and it's pretty it's to be honest, it's actually really well taken care of. There are people that's going out there that volunteer and they just, they keep the trails cleared. Uh, the only problem we ran into was we got attacked by hornets.
1: Hornets, yellow jackets.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, that was fun. That was real fun. But other than that, it's, it's, it's a beautiful trail and I can't wait for us to get it going live. I'm excited. But the plan is July 20th might not fit into your schedule this year, but, uh, if it does, great. If not, reach out to us next year for sure.
2: Yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. I might be out of the out of the uh, country around that time, but uh, that yep. definitely sounds fun uh, for next yeah. year. I'll have to yeah. put it on the calendar.
0: Please do. And uh, you've probably already met a lot of the people that would be running aid stations yeah. for us. Anything else?
2: Uh, no, that's a that's a good amount of climbing. So I'm definitely yes. I like climbing. Uh, so that's, that's yeah. definitely enticing.
0: Yeah. I mean, the 100K, the 115K being 14,000 feet elevation gain. I mean, that's usually what we get around here in a 100 miler.
3: Yeah.
2: That's what, about 220, 230 per mile,
3: something like that.
0: Yeah. I've noticed, uh, yeah. yep. Mox pretty
1: good at math.
3: Yeah. <laughs> my, uh...
1: she's on his
4: caffeine math. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. My,
4: that... uh,
2: my bachelor of science is in physics. I have one in physics and one in pure
0: math. Here we go. Well, I could I could tell when you were talking about your training that you were a numbers guy. Yes,
3: because
0: <laughs> you you were just you were just popping it off like it was natural, and I was like, okay, he he knows like exactly what. Even he he even at the race when
1: I was telling him about some of our other races, and I'm telling you the elevation, he's like, so this 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 per mile. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm just telling you how much is the whole loop. Like, <laughs> yeah. But he he has
2: the math down. Yeah, uh, I I like physics when I was in the military as a, a sniper, so I always like the physics stuff. Oh, that's pretty cool, man.
0: We're gonna have to have him back on here. We're gonna have to have some more but, stories here. No, we got he got a whole life stories <laughs> here. That's that's a parts have been served in the military
4: too. Yep. Cross country coach is a military yep. service. That's awesome. <laughs>
0: well, Mike, man, we we can't thank you enough for finding our race, coming out and running with us, we would have never got to meet you. So thank you for making the drive. I mean, you had to work the day before and you still show up and you're on a six forty pace. Emmanuel is awesome. He pushed you to a PR. Um, and, you know, Emmanuel keeps getting better too. Yep. Um, honestly, you know, I, I, we love Emmanuel. He's, he's the kind of guy that, you know, he, he signed up for Moab last year. And went out and he got 170 miles, and which is impressive. And he's he's trying to go back this year. I think he's on the wait list, but you know he's he's just started ultra running not too long ago, and he's learning. And uh, when he gets his speed dialed in, he'll be a really good runner, you know, really competitive runner. But you are an exceptional runner and we can't right. wait to see what you do yeah. in the future, man, keep doing what you're doing. We we want to follow your story. We want to share your story. Um, but ultimately, you know, good luck at big turtle. I think you're going to absolutely crush that. What's your goal there?
2: Uh, so the guy that has a course record from 20, I won it last year, but the guy that has a course record from 2019, is going to be there. So I'm going to try to break that. It's a goal. It. So, about seven twenty for uh, a heli fifty miler.
3: Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you've got you've got the uh, base built for sure. We saw that this past weekend. Mm-hmm. So hopefully you don't have any, you know, any bad falls or anything during that race, and everything runs out smooth. But we'll we'll be following along.
2: I appreciate it, gentlemen. Uh, and I think uh, Emmanuel said he's like twenty five, so he has a ton of potential. Oh, yeah. And I want to give a huge congrats to, uh, I think it's Miss Amy and Miss Mary. They mm-hmm. did exceptional out there. They yep. they crushed it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely yep. crushed it.
0: So they're, they're both exceptional runners, and we were so excited to have them both in the race. I don't know if you know this story or not, but Amy and Mary raced Yeti 100 years ago. And Amy won in 15 hours something. I think Mary was... <laughs> mary was 16 or 17 hours right in there they were first and second female mm-hmm. mary goes back the next year to win it to try to win it again and a tree falls on her head at mile 80 knocks her out um but she didn't finish it she goes back last year and wins the 100 miler in 16 hours something Uh she was second or third overall but she was first female um and then to have them together in this thirty-three miler was just so fun and awesome yeah. to watch. And then out of nowhere, you know, we're we're thinking Amy and Mary is just going to annihilate the competition, and out of nowhere, this guy in an orange shirt just comes out and kills everybody. But it was so fun to watch all three of you race. Honestly, you 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 three are just you know, you're, you're just in your strides and you're doing your things and you're all having fun out there. And like, that is, that is the best thing ever. Like you don't always see that a lot of people that come out and they're like competitive and you know, they're not friendly and and you don't see that a whole lot anymore in the trail community. You just see people being friendly, but every now and then when you see someone that's like super competitive, they're just there to race. Yeah. And none of y'all were like that. I mean, everyone out there was high-fiving and laughing and just having fun and that's what it's about. I mean, like you can win a race, but if you win a race in the wrong way, what have you really done? I mean, you're going to upset a lot of people. Yeah. You won a race, but people remember you for how you treat them. Not because you want a race. And I think that's what sets a lot of people apart and especially people like you and Mary and Amy, you all treat people the way they want to be treated yeah. and you're great runners. People don't forget that.
2: I certainly appreciate it and I certainly appreciate you all putting on the race. I I just really enjoy traveling to different trail systems, so I appreciate what you all do very much so.
0: Well, thank you so awesome. much and Mike, you. If you ever want to come out and run another one of our races, man, please reach out to us. We'll uh, even if it's sold out, we'll we'll try our best to make a spot for you. Um and definitely put the Cherokee 100, we call it the Cherokee 100, but it's actually the 115, but uh, definitely keep it on your on your list. At some point, we'll change the name to Cherokee One Hundred and Fifteen. I've got
1: it on there, One Hundred and Fifteen. <laughs> on don't what to sign up Oh, I'm gonna fix part. it the other day. Uh,
0: but thank you so much, Mike. And just take care, man. And and we'll follow you along for the big big turtle. And
3: good luck. I appreciate it, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on. Uh, thanks, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike.